Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Theology. Uh, if you haven't been here with us before, this is an episode where where we talk about uh we talk about God and we look at scripture. We take uh some scripture and we break it down verse by verse by verse and I often think that that is the best way to really study scripture is to to really just look at it verse by verse, word by word and see what God has in store for us and see what God is meaning by these verses that uh that are wrote in his word. Today we're going to be looking at at Luke chapter 2 and we're going to be looking at Jesus' birth. This is a important chapter. It's it's often read uh at Christmas time. It's often often read and looked at uh you know all throughout the year as well, but it's something that we really need to take a long hard look at because I think it shows again the power of God. We've talked about a lot in the last couple of episodes. And it shows where Jesus comes from. It shows how God chose to come to earth. And I think that's really important. I think it's really important that we understand that that God put on flesh and bones and he came to earth to live and to die for our sins. And I, I think it's really under really important that we understand exactly what he done here on earth. It's really important to understand why he done it. So let's let's go ahead and look at the scripture in Luke chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabitant earth. This was the first census taken while Quinarius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David. I want to start right there for a second. Stop right there for a second. And I want to want to really, you know, tell you and and show you here that that this is important. This is another little detail that is often forgotten and and we need to be careful and not forget any little detail uh, of the story of Jesus Christ because they are all prophecy. You know, we can we can go back in the Old Testament and we can find where people thousands and hundreds and thousands of years before told, you know, foretold that this was going to happen and it happened just the way they told it. Now, what we can see here is that they were from the house and the family of David. That is an important prophecy that's in the Old Testament that we cannot forget about. And it shows exactly who Jesus was. It tells us that, that there was no other person that he could be. You know, there are a lot of people, a lot of different uh, worldly religions that also agree that Jesus was here on earth. They just disagree as to who he was. And that prophecy helps us identify and, you know, and when we're defending the Bible, when we're defending Christ, it helps us defend, defend Christ because it shows that he was exactly who he said that he was. And that, that's a very important part that we cannot forget. We cannot forget exactly all the little details that, that don't seem like much. But they are really important. Let's continue in verse 5. 
says, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over the flock by night. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Stop right there. So we can see that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born in a barn. Maybe not even as nice as a barn. A place where the animals were kept. He was wrapped in clothes, swaddling clothes. You know, there's a lot of biblical scholars out there that uh, that will that will say that it it was you know older women's uh, undergarments or something that they found you know to wrap the child in. We really don't know exactly what he was wrapped in. We can only estimate. But the fact remains, there was no room for his family in the inn. So Mary gave birth to our Lord and Savior in a place where the animals were kept. Jesus was not born to anyone who had very high social status. He was not born to the king. He was not born to a family who had all the money that they could ever ask for. He was born a humble birth to a humble family. The king of all of us. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came from heaven. He had everything. He had everything he could ever want. He could have snapped his fingers and he could have, he could have been the king on earth just as quick as, as, as just snapping your fingers. He could have had anything. But he chose to be born in the manner that he did. Think about that. Think about the sacrifice that he made. Think about his life, his humble beginnings, his death on the cross. Think about all that he did for us. All that he went through, all that he endured for us. Think about that. We again see the power of God in the in these verses, and, and it, it said that that an angel of the Lord, uh, you know, went and got the shepherds and 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 told them that there were going to be good news. And I'm sure that these shepherds were terrified. It said that they were terribly frightened. Think about what they went through. They had no idea what in the world was happening. They had never seen anything like this before. An angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Think about how how you would have felt if you were you were out there in the field watching watching your sheep and you were just doing your job and then an angel comes before you and is shown before you. 
Think about that. Think about how frightened they would have been. And the angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. I bet that frightened, that, that scared moment turned into excitement. What do you all think? I think it turned into excitement because they knew this had to be from God. This couldn't have happened any other way. It had to be from God. Continue on verse 11. It says, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you and you will find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill, good, goodwill to whom is pleased. Think about that. Think about the, the, the shepherd just sitting there. He was just doing his job, minding his own business, watching his, watching his sheep. And then this happens. Wow. That's all I can say. The power of God is shown right here. He said, your Lord and Savior, the Messiah, the one you've been waiting on, has been born. He's laying in a manger. Wow. That's just amazing to read. It's amazing to see. It's amazing to think about. Verse 15 says, when the, when the angels has gone away, had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began to say one, to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came up in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. I'm sure that they, you know, they knew this had to be from God. There was no other way this could happen. It had to be from God. So they said, we got to go see what this thing is. We got to go see what this angel is all excited about. Because we're excited about it too. We have to go see this thing. We have to go see what is happening. You know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing now if somebody is real excited about something, if somebody is excited to go see something, they're going to tell everybody they can that they can find and they're going to take them with them. That's what happened there. That's what happened there. That's what we need to do now as well if if we're excited about God, if we're if we're excited about about coming to church on Sunday morning, if we're excited about coming to church on Wednesday night, we need to bring other people with us. We need to make sure that we're excited about God because our, our excitement grows. Any, mo any emotion that we have grows, whether that's excitement or whether that's depression, whether that's something good, whether that's something bad. How our emotions are transfers to those around us. When we're excited about God, when we're, when we want to come to church, when we're excited about hearing His Word and we're excited about worshiping God, that transfers to those around us as well. And then that continues to build and build and build and build and build. And then you've got a, a whole bunch of excited people who are ready for God, who are here to worship God, who are here to hear the Word of God. 
Isn't it wonderful that that happens that way? That's what we need to be doing. Continuing in verse 17, it says, When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things that were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen and just been told to them. You know, I'm sure that this was exciting for Mary as well because she had she had just seen a lot. She had just endured a lot. And she got another confirmation that this was from God because how else would it have happened? They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have social media. They didn't have podcasts. They didn't have any way... Uh, of sending word to one another except for someone going out and finding someone and telling them and bringing them back. The only way that they could have known is through the power of God. Think about that. I'm sure Mary thought about it. I'm sure that Mary was excited about it. I'm sure she she was happy to know that God was still there. I want to continue on here in verse 21. It says, And and then when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. When the days of their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolidation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death for he had seen before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit in the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bond servant servant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all the people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of of your people Israel. Sorry for the the phone call there, but uh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful story. What a wonderful story, again, of God's power. You see, Simeon knew that he would see Jesus Christ. He didn't know when, he didn't know how, but he was told he would see him. And this just adds to to the evidence that Jesus was who he said that he was. This just adds to the evidence that, that this was all a plan. This was all part of God's plan. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Let's continue on. 
said, And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. And, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to the opposed. And a sword will pierce even your own soul, and at the end that thoughts many from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a, a prophetess, Anna, and the daughter of Phinal, and the tribe of, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years and lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then, as a widow to the age of eighty-four, she had never left the temple, serving night and day with fasting and prayer. Think about how dedicated Anna was to God. Think about how dedicated to prayer and fasting she was. I want to read verse 38 and we'll, we'll talk just a little bit more. It says, At that very moment she came up and began giving thanks to God and continued to speak of Him and all those who are looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Are we as dedicated as Anna was? Are we even... Uh, 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 just a smidgen dedicated as she was to God. Most of us are not. Most of us have a hard time with prayer and fasting. You know, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. Are we doing that? Are we praying as much as we can? Are we serving God with every ounce in our bodies? Are we serving God with everything that we have? Or are we giving Him just a little less? We know the power of God. We know everything that, that He has done for us. We know everything that he, he has the power to do. But are we doing what He called us to do? Are we doing what we are supposed to be doing? Just a thought. Let's continue on verse 39. It says, When they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. And the child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he became twelve, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending a full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. They were, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went on a day's journey. They began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. But when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days... They found him in the temple, sitting at the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. And he said to them, Why is it that you are looking for me? Did you not know that I was to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which he had made to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. 
And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. So Jesus stayed in, in the temple. He stayed there learning the word, learning learning what uh, what God was wanting him to do. You know, I, I'm sure it was a scary time for, for Mary and Joseph because, you know, I heard Mark Lowry say one time, uh, you know, as a, a Christian comedian, he said, you know, Mary's point of view, he said, you know, God, God, God gave me his child and he entrusted me with his child and I've lost him. I'm sure that wasn't an easy couple of days there once they figured out that they had uh, had lost him and they had to go back a, a day's journey and try to find him. But he was in his father's house, taking everything in. He was learning. He was asking questions from the teachers. He was preparing for his destiny. He was preparing for his ministry. He was preparing to save us all from our sins. What a wonderful story. What a wonderful story that we can read. I hope everyone has has enjoyed this uh, this episode of uh, of coffee and theology. I hope everyone has enjoyed getting deep into the Word of God. And I hope that this is helping helping you all as much as it is me. You know, I enjoy doing these episodes. I enjoy studying the Word of God. And I hope everyone's just having a great day, a blessed day. And I hope everyone's day is, is getting better. And I hope you all are enjoying this. And I hope to see, see you all next time. And I hope that, uh, hope that John, or that Luke chapter three will see that, that John the Baptist is preaching and baptizing. And we'll, we'll get to look at when Jesus is baptized. What a, what another wonderful story.